Welcome to the Runners Connect Run to the Top podcast, where it's all about learning from the best minds in the sport so you can train smarter, stay healthy, and run faster now. And now your host, Tina Muir. Welcome to the Runners Connect Run to the Top podcast. Thank you for choosing to listen to this podcast today. I appreciate the time you've taken to tune in and I will do my best to make it worth your time. As spring marathons loom closer, or maybe you just have a local race that you're thinking about in the future, it is time to really start to take those little things serious to get the most out of your training. Our founder of Runners Connect, Jeff Gaudet, has a great podcast coming up about Generation UCAN in the next few weeks. Today's guest demonstrates the importance of refueling, explaining why it is so important and what you need to keep in mind to stay healthy, not just right now, but for the rest of your life and how these decisions you make right now could be affecting you later down the road. It really gives you a lot to think about. And what I love about our guest is that she does not work for a specific company wanting to sell a product, but she's an unbiased researcher telling us straight based on her findings. Our guest has 20 years of experience in alternative health field to share with us today. Nina Anderson is an International Sports Science Association Certified Specialist in Performance Nutrition. That was quite a mouthful to say. (laughs) She is a retired corporate pilot who has flown many jet aircrafts including the Gulfstream, Citation 3, Hawker and she is a nationally acclaimed researcher, television and radio personality. She's also co-authored 18 books including Analyzing Sports Drinks, and low carb and beyond for those who are interested. She's also the president of Safe Goods Publishing. Now on to today's episode. Today we're going to learn about why you need to consume more fats in your diet, how they are a better source of energy than glucose and carbohydrates, the danger of consuming glycerol to hydrate muscles and what long-term damage this can do to your body, the critical importance of electrolyte and their role within the body, and the best way to make sure you have enough, what ingredients to stay away from in sports drinks, and how adaptogens such as Rhodiola rosea can help your health in many ways from reducing stress to helping burn fat into muscle. Are you ready to learn? I know I am. Let's get on with the episode. Welcome, Nina. Thank you. Glad to be here. (laughs) We're excited to have you on the show. So firstly, I would like to ask you what interests you in particular about sports nutrition? What made you kind of delve into that category? Well, I was a competitor in sailing. I was a national champion, a couple of uh, sailboats, and and I needed to have, you know, good performance. And so I started looking into exactly what I needed to do to keep at my peak performance. And I found out that the biggest thing, this was actually before sports drinks got very active so we had a we're sort of our own so I started to do some research and that grew and when I finally um, got a little older and retired from competition I still want to keep my body in shape and that's when we came up with um, the whole research done on electrolytes and how important they are to the body. Interesting so um, you you wrote a little bit in some of your papers about fatty acids and how they play a role in supporting the energy demands of the body during long-term exercise and how they're better at this than glucose alone. Could you explain a bit more about how that affects us? Well, the fatty acids are, are the things in their body, they're part of fat, but they actually release ATP, which I'm sure most uh, runners know what that is. That's your body's cellular energy source. 
and they actually come from fat, but they do produce twice the energy of carbs. So all of these people who are, are carbo-loading would actually do more, uh, have more benefit if they ate more foods that are very high in fatty acids because they give you more long-term energy. They do help with your metabolism, which is always a good thing when you're um, when you're running or doing any kind of sports. And they uh, they obviously increase the um, energy levels and they help maintain your stamina, which is really really important. Now the um, the fat, you know, you have a lot of fat in your body, and that stores a lot of energy. It's carbs come and go, but the fats remain. So you're actually going to put out more energy if you have some good fats, which are called the fatty acids. Now, um, and when you do carbs, especially glucose, because a lot of um, athletes actually carbo low, but they also take a lot of sugars and stuff. They they want the instant energy, but this doesn't last long. And so then they have to constantly be adding another gel pack or another power bar or, or any kind of sugared sports drink to their regime. And that puts them on the, slight, the glycemic roller coaster. It goes way up and then they come crashing down. And then they have to come up again and they come crashing down. Not only is this not great for long-term performance, but it's really, really bad for your body. So what we always tell people is you have to do look at it long term. I think one of the things um, most athletes do is they look at what they can do to increase their performance right now. But they don't look at what's going to happen five, ten years down the road to their body as a result of doing these things. So our approach is more holistic. We say take the whole body together and look at what's good for the body, not just what's going to make it perform difference, but basically what's good for it. And one of the, the things that, like I mentioned just before, um, we got into electrolytes, and most of the, um, the, the athletes, when they think of electrolytes, they think of sodium, potassium, maybe calcium, magnesium, which is what's in all your sports drinks, which is great for rehydration, but it does nothing for the brain. And you need to have a lot more electrolytes, a lot more trace minerals to keep the brain functioning because what's creating the muscles, what's the, creating the nerves, you know, what's going the nerve transition. So in order to keep, keep the, the motor running, you really need to have brain electrolytes. And that's the big missing link in most of the sports um, endurance um, regimes. So do those uh, fatty acids contain electrolytes? Or no, no, the fatty acids, well, they don't contain electrolytes. They are a function of the body. In order to release the energy, you need to have nerve transmissions, okay, because everything stems from the brain sending a signal to somewhere in the body. And so if you want it released and you're short in electrolytes, it's not going to be able to be as efficient getting out of the fatty the fatty acid. The ATP isn't going to be able to get out of the fatty acids as good as if you have your brain working in optimum condition. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to go on to electrolytes just in a moment. But just uh, while we want to stay on the fatty acids for a moment, um, could you? so you're saying that... Um, runners should try to incorporate more fats into their diet. I mean, this is good fats, you know, uh, right. I'm guessing you're talking about avocados, almond butter, nuts. And, um, but you're saying, can you explain a little bit just to those people that may be a bit wary of eating fats? Can you explain the difference between, you know, uh, fat, fats food in general has been given a very negative uh, connotation these past few years? So could you explain a little more how this is different from, you know, what we hear in the media about fats being bad? 
Well, it, you look at fats, and fat, they're, they're good fats and bad fats. Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, you know, my, most people have heard of the trans fats. If they have, they, um, you're doing, um, you know, fried foods and things like that, where you have the oil in a vat that's being, being boiled and boiled and boiled. And when you have hydrogenated oils in a lot of foods and sports drinks, those are bad fats. They actually create problems with your cardiovascular system. So you don't, you have to be careful. Um, good fats such as, you know, flax and olive oil and uh, borage and primrose and things like that, walnut oil, those are all good fats and they actually get metabolized different in the body. And those fats, I mean, fats are fats, and, and, and fats can, can work with the fatty acids to release the ATP. But if you have too much fat in the body from the bad fats, not only does it cause free radicals, which is everybody, I don't know if they know what free radicals are, but basically they're a little critter in your body that tr- creates sort of an oxidative response, and you can get cancer and all sorts of other diseases from that. So you want to minimize that. Um, now, each, each gram of fat supplies the body with nine calories, okay? And, and that's more than twice that's supplied by proteins or carbohydrates. So you need to have a fat base in your body. It's just you have to be very careful tempering it between the good fats and the fats that are going to actually supply your ATP. So you're not going to go and gobble down a whole bunch of, um, you know, uh, ice cream sundaes just before the race. Because those aren't healthy fats, <laughs> you know. You have to get, gobble down the ones that are actually going to use the um, their cells to be able to create the ATP release. So it wouldn't be a bad idea for someone to consume a little bit of fat uh, with their meal prior to a race, uh, if it's good fats. Or I would say it's better to have uh, um, uh, avocados okay. than it is to have a sugar power bar. Okay. Because you're going to get more long-term endurance out of the release from the fatty acids than you are from the sugar release from the carbs. Interesting. And it's kind of like uh, towards the end of a marathon, um, you know, you, you start to burn on those fat stores because you do run out of carbohydrates. And uh, I think that makes a lot more sense than, like you said, about the uh, the gels and people use them. You know, they, they take in a gel and then they ride the train where they feel good for a few moments and then, then it comes crashing back down again and there, there can be too much reliance on those um, sugar highs and sugar lows. So um, could you explain, related to that, um, I was reading in one of your papers about um, uh, glycerol levels and how those are affected um, many of our listeners run marathons and ultra marathons and it can be difficult to consume enough carbohydrates um, for their races so could you explain a bit about those well glycerol is is also named glycerin so when you're taking a supplement you can read on the label and find out if it's in there a lot of like the power bar the actual power bar the manufacturer's name brand name has um has glycerol in it you don't realize that but it has glycerol in it and and there are glycerol supplements. Um, I know there's one called GMS that you can actually buy like on Amazon, and that is pure glycerol. Now, what they say it does, and one of the reasons why most of the athletes want it is because it retains water so they don't get dehydrated, okay? Now, to me, this is artificial. What's wrong with drinking a lot of water? Well, they don't want to drink the water because then they have to go to the bathroom in the middle of the, the race and things like that. But the reason for that is the fact that you're not you're drinking water, which we can talk about a little bit later, but you're drinking water devoid of the electrolytes that 
work to keep the fluid in the body and in the muscles. And so if you're taking those electrodes, you're taking uh, bottled water, which is basically dead water today because it's been filtered, you're just going to start flushing the electrolytes out of your body and you're going to dehydrate much quicker, actually, than even if you took a glycerol. I mean, the glycerol is a toxin, all right? It's used for antifreeze and solvents. Why would you put that in your body? I have no idea why people, you know, don't think of the long-term consequences of something like that. I mean, so you want to win a race, but what happens if you get cancer, you know, mm -hmm. two years mm -hmm. later because of something you did today to win the race? It's just not worth it. We don't, um, we don't really subscribe to any kinds of um, artificial means. There's so many things you can do naturally to keep yourself at high performance levels. You don't need to subject yourself to something like, like the glycerol. Sorry. I was going to say it causes a lot of side effects and depends on the person. But, I mean, they can get dizzy, they can get headaches, they can get bloating, vomiting, nausea. Why do you want that when you're running a marathon? Mm -hmm. Do a lot of the sports drinks currently available right now have um, glycerol in them? Not as many as I thought. Most of them have the sugar in them. You have to look and find one that does have glycerol. There's you, glycerol can be used like a powder. You can add it to the drink that you're having or your hydration pack, you know, if, you're, if you have a hydration pack while you're running. Um, but uh, I looked up to see how many more. In the beginning, there were a lot, but they're not as many as they were now, I guess maybe because of, you know, the fact that people are saying they got sick from it and they don't want the lawsuits. I don't know. <laughs> And are there um, some other names you said about glycerin, but um, just because, you know, with the um, corn syrup issue, how, you know, high fructose corn syrup has a uh, bad name, so now it has a different name. Are there any other words for um, glycerol that people should watch out for on their sports Just glycerin that glycerin. I know of, just okay. like, you know, and glycerin. Um, it's the same, basically the same thing. It's basically just sugar and alcohol. Yeah. So here you are. You know, saying, oh, well, I'm not going to carbo load because I want to make sure the fats produce the ATP. But then you end up doing something like this, which is basically putting a sugar in your body anyway. Yeah. So. Okay. And then, so uh, back to electrolytes, as you have brought that, that up. Uh, how critical is that? You talked about the um, electrical impulse of sending the message across. But could you explain that a little bit more to some of our runners who may not know enough about what electrolytes are or um, about how that works. Okay, well, electrolytes are basically, I call them the energy stores from a mineral. And what happens when you get in, in the body is you put a mineral in the body, and depending on the size of the mineral, I mean, there's there's big minerals and there's little, little forms of minerals. The little ones um, that we subscribe to are the ones that are ionic, which are very, very small. They have the most um, ability to get into the cell. And the trace minerals, which are the, the ones that are so minute that they really can't measure them, but they have such a huge impact on the body. They're called trace minerals. The big minerals that, that most people see, in um, you know, which are interchangeable with electrolytes, um, that most people have in their sports drinks and they look for, for you know, to, to help them with performance are sodium, potassium, magnesium, and calcium. That's what you find in 99% of the sports drinks. And so um, it, those are, are necessary because when you sweat and you exercise, you're actually, you know, depleting your body. You're dehydrating. So you need to have the electrolytes, um, those, those electrolytes put back in on a regular basis so that you don't run out of gas. Now, if you need um, the electrolytes from the brain or things like selenium, boron, manganese, manganese, and zinc, 
those are really, uh, there's, there's a whole bunch of them, and they are critical for the brain function. Um, I do a lot of um, uh, talks on aviation health for pilots, because you don't want pilots' brains to go on vacation when you're sitting in the back <laughs> no. of the airplane. So what we do is we, we go in there and we tell people um, that if you don't keep the brain firing, the neurotransmitters actually misfire, and you get erroneous information. So you're going to get a pain where it really isn't a pain because your, your electrical system is going berserk. Now, when you're, um, you're, say you're running, and you want those muscles to fire, so your brain's telling your muscles to do what they do to make one leg go in front of the other and how fast you're actually going to go and the spring and all that kind of stuff. If you are dehydrated with trace minerals, with the, uh, the brain's trace minerals, that message is not going to go to the proper place at the proper time. You're going, your performance levels will go down. We have seen this in athletes. We set, um, at one point, uh, we had, um, had our, our, uh, the electrolyte products over at Ironman China, and it was like 96 degrees. And the people who actually used it didn't get dehydrated. When the people were just using the sodium and the potassium, they kept getting dehydrated because their brain wasn't firing enough to, to keep the rest of their body functioning properly. And a function of dehydration is how much your electrical system is working properly. You know, if the brain isn't talking to the body, I don't care how much stuff you put it in, it might not do what it's supposed to do. You know, and, and just for instance, like chromium, it, you have to have chromium. To, for glucose metabolism. So if you're doing some, any kind of glucose and you don't have the chromium, it's not going to work. And you're not going to get that from a normal sports drink. Zinc regulates blood pressure. Selenium um, reduces fatigue and muscular we weakness. You know, those are kinds of the trace minerals that you absolutely need to put back into your brain and your body so that all this other stuff can function properly. And I'm sure you're, you're familiar with the ter term hyponatremia. I am, but could you explain it okay. just for some of our other listeners who may not have heard of that? Basically, it's a good way if you want to commit suicide. <laughs> okay? You drink a lot of water, and bottled water today is filtered. So it's pretty dead. There's very, very little, um, you know, uh, minerals in it. And sometimes the minerals, if you get a mineral water, sometimes the minerals are too large to get absorbed by the body. The body goes, wow, here's a big hunk of, of mineral in there, and it takes the electrical signature off the body, which it need, off the mineral, which it needs, and then it stores it. Because, oh, it might need it later, right? It's a big hunk. So it gets in your joints. And guess what? You get swelling in your joints and pain joints. And you're going, well, how did I get that? So what we find is that um, if, you, if you take the, uh, the smallest form, which is the ionic form, and you put that in your body, it has a much better rate of getting into your cells where it really needs to be rather than getting stuck in your joints. And you use more of it. So um, hyponatremia is when you're drinking all of this water that doesn't have the minerals in it or the trace minerals, and you think you're rehydrating your body, but what's actually happening, it, happening is you're flushing the minerals out of your body that are there already because when the, the water gets in your body, it wants to rehydrate itself, so it pulls the minerals out of your bones. So here you do your bones, your brain, everywhere else. So if you drink a lot of water, you actually are depleting yourself of electrolytes, and once that spark is gone, your brain stops and you die. Wow. So that's why it's extremely important not just to do the sodium potassium, but to do the whole broad spectrum, especially when you're putting your body under such stress as exercise. 
Yep, I was actually diagnosed with that once. Uh, I don't know, obviously not full blown <laughs> as I'm still here, but um, I did have that once during a race, drinking too much water and uh, not enough uh, taking in other things. And yeah, I remember my, I couldn't barely speak, let alone try and run. My, my head was just like a cloud. I couldn't, I couldn't get any words out. And uh, I, felt, I felt like I was drunk, to be honest, but uh, <laughs> it was not, well, a, not a fun experience. <laughs> so perfect when you see what the the, the minerals that yeah. do to the brain I mean they're the they're the core I tell people that if you're going to build a house you don't want your foundation made out of marshmallows you made yep. aren't made out of concrete or something well if you're not taking a really good multi electrolyte product then your your foundation is going to be made out of marshmallows and people tell me all the time well you can get your minerals from your food can't you well, unfortunately today, unless you're getting organic and unless they've remineralized the soil, how many times can you plant a plant in the dirt and have it suck up the nutrients before it depletes that soil? So the, the food that you're getting in the supermarket, especially if it's not organic and especially if it's not remineralized, is going to be pretty devoid of minerals. So you're not going to get them there. You're not going to get them um, at your, in your water because it's all filtered. And so where are you gonna, what are you going to do? So um, what should runners look for in drinks? Are you kind of saying that the only way we can be sure that we, we are getting uh, enough of what we need is by creating our own drinks with uh, water and electrolytes together? Well, absolutely. Um, you can, um, there's a, a product um, that we actually use. It's, it's called Enduropacks, but it's a multi-electrolyte um, concentrate, and you spray it into any liquid. You can put it in coffee. You can put it in soup, you know, if you want to flavor your soup with a little lemon. Um, you can put it in a margarita, and it'll help prevent the hangover because a hangover is basically electrolyte deficiency of the brain. Good to know. <laughs> so, I know. Everybody goes, wow, that's cool. Um, but if you, if you, you know, we use that. I mean, I've been using it for 20 years. That, that electrolyte substance. And um, it's amazing. I, you know, my brain has improved. My health is perfect. I've seen people who have debilitating diseases, especially when they have muscle cramps and things like that, having them go away just because they're replacing what the body needs to be able to make all the chemical reactions that create the, you know, health in the body. So I think it, it's important. And it's also important that, um, I mean, you, there's several um, mineral, trace mineral um, drops and things like that that you can get on the, um, you know, on the market. And those were all very, very valuable. The reason that I use this one is because it's convenient and tastes good. You know, it's like a little lemon flavor. But the, um, the other thing that you have to be careful of is that when you, you're going for a sports drink or something, you actually um, have all these chemicals in the drinks. Not only do you have the sugar, which puts you on the glycemic roller coaster, but then you have the red dyes, you have the propylene glycol, which I used to um, fly commercially as a pilot, and that's what we used. We used propylene glycol as a de-icing fluid on airplanes. And guess what's in the sports drinks? I don't get that. <laughs> I'm sorry. They say, oh, it's safe in certain quantities. Well, you know, so is arsenic, I guess, or you know, whatever. So, that's another thing you have to be very careful of that and the kinds of even artificial sweeteners that you see in these drinks, the ACE-K, the sucralose, the, the, uh, the Splend, all those different kinds of uh, sugars are, are dangerous to the body's long-term health. So you really have to be cognitive of exactly what you're doing on a total holistic basis. Yeah, no, that's good to know and uh, it just shows that once again people should really 
you know, read your labels and make sure you actually know what you are putting into your body. But like you mentioned, the, the safest way to do this is to create your own drink. Um, I know actually, it's funny you bring up Enduropax because they're actually one of my uh, sponsors. And uh, so I take it often, I have the electrolyte spray and I can say that it, it is great. It's so easy, like you mentioned, you just uh, spray a few drops into one of your drinks and um, you know that you know that you're safe then and uh, they have other great products um, in their pack which are very helpful um, but for particularly for rehydrating the electrolyte spray is uh, something that's great to use so I'm glad to hear you did bring that up because that's really interesting and uh, I encourage people to um, go look up Enduropacks because I think you'll be very interested in it and I will include this in our show notes which can be found at runnersconnect.net forward slash rc46 that's the number 46 so um nina when you say about um the drinks having things in them that uh people should be wary of what do you think about um caffeine in uh drinks because a lot of people Um, rely on those well, it depends on the person. Like me, if I drink caffeine, boy, I'll never sleep. So it depends on the person. Some people can tolerate caffeine better than others. Caffeine can be an upper. There are natural forms of caffeine. You don't actually have to have coffee. There's a lot of herbal type of caffeines that are much healthier and should be in, and could be included in sports drinks. Um, I wouldn't go so far as to drinking one of the um, the highly caffeinated shot drinks that that are out there everybody knows who they are they have airplanes and they fly all over the world but anyway (laughs) um they can be very dangerous because people are not um they 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 gobble them up they drink them much more in excess of what they should and a little bit of caffeine depending on the person is not going to hurt you it can help and it can uh, keep you a little bit of alert but you also then again you have to realize are you doing this as a band-aid for the body or are you actually doing this to support something that's a biological process that's actually helping you with endurance there's only so far i mean you can you can put steroids and all sorts of things in your body to get you to you know do the you know you know the the uh the, the race for the, of your life where you're actually going to be getting the Guinness Book of Records. But if you collapse right after that or you end up getting sick 10 years later, what is the point? Yeah. You know, you have to look at this from a whole person standpoint. No, that's, that's, that's a good point to bring up. And uh, I've actually talked to a few people about this recently, about um, you have to kind of overcome the thinking that you need to, what what is happening today is more important than your long-term health in the future. I know when I was in college, you know, I often thought to myself, "Oh, I don't care. I I just want to run well now. I just want to run well now." But you you realize that your health is more important than, you know, one day and people are going to forget about that and uh move on, but you know, your long-term health is the most important thing. So that that's good to good to know and uh Again, people should pay attention to what you are taking in and think about your long-term future. So what do you think about um, natural sweeteners that are coming up now? I mean, I, um, I've tried Stevia products a few times, but how about those? Are those good to have um, as a piece of it, natural? Yeah, I think Stevia is fine. It's funny, but years ago, um, I had a friend who actually was producing Stevia in Texas, this was like 20 years ago, and she wrote a book on it. And this was when sugar, the you know, sugar industry was very powerful, which it still is. 
Um, and they actually went in, had someone go in there and, and tear off the covers off of all of her books and ban her from selling Stevia in the state of Texas. Wow. Now she, yeah, and then all of a sudden the major soda manufacturers decided that Stevia might be a cool thing, and so they lobbied to make it okay. So it wasn't an underground thing. So now it's a big deal, but I feel so sorry for her because she was on the front runner and she got blasted for it. But um, Stevia, I think, is fine. Um, you know, if you like the taste of Stevia, they're doing a lot of research now to mask the sort of bitter taste that it, it's had in the past. Um, I think that the thing you have to be careful of is a lot of these stevia drinks, um, even though they say, oh, well, we have stevia in them, look at the other ingredients. They have artificial sweeteners after the stevia. I don't know how sweet they want things to be. <laughs> sugar is actually better for you if you have raw sugar. It's better for you than any of these artificial sweeteners. And um, if you want to use honey, honey metabolizes very different in the body, as does maple sugar. So if you, those are, are healthier, um, you know, synergistic with what your body is because they're basically food rather than any of these artificial things, which people just, they, they drink and they have not a clue what's going on. I mean, aspartame had a big bad rap, you know, recently for causing, you know, uh, memory loss and things like that, especially when it's heated, it actually becomes really dangerous. So what they do is they change the name to amino sweet, so it sounds better, you know, and, and the average person wouldn't know, like, oh, amino sweet, that thing's really nice, like NutraSweet, that sounded like a really healthy thing, so... It's interesting that, you know, how, how things have progressed, but very, very read labels. That's the only thing I can say. Everything you put in your mouth, you've got to read a label because, you know, it's going to affect you later. So you're saying that, um, you know, stevia products are okay if they are not um, consumed with other sweeteners. I mean, I like you said, I'm not sure how you could need more. I mean, when I put uh, stevia in my uh tea I only need you know the tiniest bit because it's so incredibly sweet no. and, uh, um, and then you're also saying honey and like you said maple maple is good I know there's a maple water coming out that's supposed to be one of the I've had popular that, things <laughs> yeah I've had the, this, this it's, it's maple sap soda mm -hmm. it's made from the sap I don't know how they do that but it's pretty good and it's not there's nothing in it you know except for carbon I guess it's like carbonated but it was it's pretty good so it is more, it's going for products um, that, you know, they do come from the ground, they um, are, nat you know, natural in the truest sense of the word. Um, and again, would you say the, um, you hear this a lot about um, only choosing things that you can pronounce and say the name of and, you know, recognize them? That's, well, that's good. I mean, well, you can say ACE-K, which is an artificial sweetener, but a sulfonyl potat, whatever it is, I mean, it's, you know, it's like 25 letters long. If you saw that, it would turn you off. But ACE-K, that sounds familiar, you know, so why not try that? But it's still, it's, it's a, I, I consider it poison. The other thing um, I just wanted to mention, which goes along with everything, especially when you're running in hot temperatures, um, people don't realize this, but what you do when you're young affects you when you're older. I was a sailor for, oh, I've been a sailor for 50 years, and I competed all the time. And I wore a life jacket, and I didn't wear a shirt underneath, you know, my arms were sticking out. And the, you know, back when I was competing, there were no, I mean, no, sunblock was not even a consideration. You know, you wanted to use copper tone and get a tan. But guess what? I got can skin cancer right where the life jacket ended. And this was like 
20 years, 30 years later. So I, I caution people, if you're, you're looking at the whole body experience, you know, you have to make sure that you're hydrated with the proper minerals, but you also have to take precautions to protect yourself from the sun because you won't notice it till 20 or 30 years later. And if it turns into melanoma, you know, it could be a death sentence. You've got to be really, really careful. That's interesting. And uh, sorry to hear that, but glad you you know, caught it and we're okay. But um, what about a lot of our listeners are older and may have, you know, be going through a similar thing to you for some of the mistakes they made um, when they were younger. But what would you, uh, is there anything you can recommend to kind of reverse the effects of various um, mistakes people made or, you know, what could people do to improve their health overall as a runner? Um, well, basically, I would, I mean, what the philosophy, I can't tell somebody what they're going to do because they've got their own agenda and they've, you know, they listen to the media and depending on what their belief systems are, they're going to tell me I'm full of hooey. But <laughs> what I do, I mean, I eat pretty much um, a semi-vegetarian diet. Um, I don't eat I don't eat sugar except for maybe once in a while. I don't drink sodas. I actually um, I eat a lot of vegetables, eat a little bit of fish, a little bit of chicken, no red meat, and everything I eat is organic. Plus, I'm gluten free. Um, I don't have celiac, but I do get tired from gluten, and I think that's one thing when you look at athletes and they sit there and say, "Oh my gosh, you know, I, I you know I hit the wall so early, you know, I'm so tired." Maybe they've got a gluten intolerance because that or candida, because even men can get candida. Candida is like a yeast infection, and even men can get that in their intestines, and that is basically caused by carbs and sugars, and it causes fatigue. And if you have a big question mark about why I'm getting fatigued, you know, maybe you should just try to look into that. But try to keep yourself as clean as possible, as pure as possible. Um, a lot of electrolytes, obviously, don't go for a lot of fast foods. I don't think anybody should microwave their food. Um, the microwave industry would dispute this. But when you micro, and they've proven this with all, you can look on YouTube, all the different tests they've done. Microwave kills the molecules in food, so it becomes dead. So you're not going to get any nutrition out of it because when you put that in your body, the body doesn't consider it a live morsel, so it's going to just pass it through your body. So that's going to put your immune system at risk. And when you put your immune system at risk, one of the things that, um, that we didn't talk about yet, but I am absolutely an advocate for, is something called rhodiola rosea. I don't know if you've heard about this, but I take it every single day. I swear by it. Actually, we just rewrote the book on it. So we're going to have a book coming out on rhodiola. But it's it. what it is, it's, a, it's a, what they call it adaptogen, which makes everything work right in the body. And there's an, uh, an enzyme that releases the ATPs, the, the lipase enzyme, and it releases the, the enzyme, the cat, um, releases the enzyme, but it needs to be activated. And there's not that many things that activate this. So... Um, Rhodiola does. It activates that lipase enzyme, which helps to release the ATP. Not very many things do that. So you can have all this great, you know, fat stored and everything. So, oh, I'm going to go running. I'm going to, you know, get all this going. Out. But if, if you don't have an abundance of lipase enzymes in your body, which a lot of people don't, you need something to help get it out of the fat. And the rhodiola is what's doing it. It's a, it's a huge, long-lasting source of energy. It's really, really good. Now, the problem with rhodiola, there's been a lot of stuff on the website about it, but um, it actually 
it's all over the internet and you can buy it on Amazon cheap. But if you don't, that all most of the rhodiolas bought in this country just contain salitricide, which is an ingredient in the rhodiola. That's not the true rhodiola. You need to have rosefin, rosin, rosarin, as well as the salitricide. If you don't have those four ingredients in there, it's not going to work. You're going to be wasting your money. Um, we wrote the, um, we pu uh, published the book years ago by a man whose name is Zakir Ramazanov, and he's from the Caucasus Mountains in Russia, and he brought it over and from the Caucasus Mountains, and it's the pure, it's harvested at the proper time. A lot of rhodiola is not harvested when it's in, when it's you know full blown. So you got to be very careful, just like any supplement. You've got to ask questions on what this is. But the stuff is amazing. I swear by it. it it's, it's great to reduce stress on your body, which is what I take it for. And it also balances your hormones. So it's a cool thing to add to your, your regime if you're going to be doing any kind of sports. Okay, good to know. And um, I will put a link to the show notes um, with where you recommend buying that from in addition to the four um, elements you said need to be within that rhodiola to okay. make sure you're getting the right one. So. I'll clear that up with you afterwards, but to our listeners, if you go to the show notes, again, that's runnersconnect.net forward slash RC46, you'll be able to find out where you can get that from. So um, speaking of um, being deficient or being uh, inable, unable to use um, your body correctly because of uh, deficiencies, um, in your research, you stated that 99% of Americans are deficient in minerals, and this is the cause of a lot of uh, de degenerative diseases. So could you um, give us maybe five foods, if you had to pick, that runners would um, need to make sure are in their diets to make sure that they can um, keep those mineral levels up in addition to the electrolytes that we talked about earlier? Well, the, you need to find out, you need to get organic food, hopefully the organic food, you know, because they, they, they keep remineralizing the soil. If you can get organic green vegetables, green vegetables are a really good source of healthy fats. Avocados, try to get organic avocados if you can. Uh, flax is a really good source. Um, that they and Make sure the kind of flax you get, but um, you basically, basically don't get the flax that's sitting in the bin in the health food store. You know, get it that's vacuum-packed and grind it yourself at home to grind it up. Um, that's a good source. And um, a little uh, certain fish, wild-caught salmon, not farm-raised because that's got, that could be genetically altered. Um, but wild-caught salmon or, you know, deep-water fish are good to help bring up these fatty acids. And, of course, the electrolytes, I think, are so important. And clean water. You need to have a certain amount of water every day. And the best thing to do is either have a filter on your house. A lot of people just drink tap water. Well, tap water, if you saw the way those city water pipes are, you wouldn't want to drink it. There's <laughs> like, you know, you know what your pipes in your house look like if you had to clean out underneath your sink. Well, you can imagine what the city water is. Um, and, of course, it's been, most city water has been filtered. So now you're taking out the minerals, and then you're putting in all the iron and the crud that's in the, the pipes, and they chlorinate the heck out of it, which is not good for your body. So you have to be very, very careful and, you know, fight a little more holistic life. And it, it, it actually makes you a better athlete because you're thinking better. You know, you're feeling cleaner. You're not just pumping yourself full of stuff to get you through the race. You're actually, you know, it's like a synergistic experience. It's a lot neater. 
yeah no that's good to know and I just uh, learned myself recently that um, when it comes to salmon when um, you said about the wild caught or the farm raised it can be difficult to uh, notice the difference but the uh, farm raised salmon are a different color they're not that kind of peachy color but they're a, a bright pink is that correct when you uh, usually they sort of dye them <laughs> make them look more like regular salmon but you can I mean even in, in your local supermarket they will say if it doesn't say wild caught on the package it's probably farm raised and most of them in the delis and stuff are, are all farm raised so you ask okay it's more expensive but then the other thing I would suggest is not eating so much the body doesn't need you know tons of food it needs specific foods. So if you try to, you know, fill yourself up with the kinds of foods that are going to support the body rather than just, just heaping stuff on your plate, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. And the other thing I want to just mention is that sugar, people say, oh, we're going to have dessert, right? I mean, that's a big thing. Everybody, you know, wants their fancy dessert. You walk into a diner and the first thing you see are those big cakes, you know, and the little round uh, glass thing. But sugar actually stops not only the muscle contraction, but it also stops your digestion. So if you're, you've eaten, eaten food and your stomach's chunking away and then you put dessert in there, you're going to stop that digestion. So everything's going to start putrefying. You're not going to get the food valued out of it. You know, you might be, you know, coming flatulent, which is not helpful for your mate. And, you know, and you have all these digestive disturbances. So you really need to... Um, if you're going to eat something, like you're going to have a, a, you know, an ice cream cone or something like that, do it two hours from either side of meals. So, you know, you're not really affecting anything. And try to keep the sugars out of your performance um, exercise because it's going to diffuse the muscles. I don't know if anybody knows that muscle testing is a, a thing called kinesiology. And they actually have proven, it's a, it's a scientific thing, most chiropractors use it. Um, they can determine whether you're allergic to something. And every single time that you do kinesiology to, to try to keep your muscles strong, you put a little bit of sugar on your tongue, your muscles can't. You, you try to hold your arm out, muscles can't hold your arm out when someone pushes on it. Totally wipes out your muscles in like two seconds. So if it does that and you're, you're taking sugar drinks and you're trying to do, you're running a marathon, it's not going to work right. You're going to be putting a lot of stress on those muscles, a lot of demands on those muscles that are not um, are not meant to be, and it's going to cause damage. And you don't really want that. On pain later, stiffness, you know, knee problems, whatever, because the muscles support the knees. And a lot of people who run, especially they have knee breakdowns, I actually um, ski and I got meniscus damage. From, my, from skiing, and I'm not going to go in and have anything done. So I used two products. I used Velvet Antler, which um, I really swear by, and I used a, um, a product um, that's a, um, a cream that has cetomarbistoliate in it. And what that did is it reduced the inflammation in my knees. It got the synovial fluid to, to uh, regrow the, the muscles in there, and I never had to have any surgery. And I had clinical meniscus damage, and I have no problem now anymore. Wow. So if you do the right things and support yourself at the proper time, you know, you can keep going without all this, you know, invasive, expensive surgery. Yeah. Yep. Taking preventative measures now uh, so that you don't have to pay for it later, which is what we are actually all about at Runners Connect. You know, we, we uh, focus a lot on doing those strengthening exercises to prevent injuries. Well, this is the same kind of thing. You're looking after your health and what you're taking in on the inside 
so that you make sure uh, your insides stay healthy, which is incredibly important to your running. So that's good to know, and thank you. Um, and finally, uh, when it comes to popular drugs such as antacids, which a lot of runners take for you know stomach upsets or for heartburn, um, and aspirin. Uh, in your research, you stated that a lot of those reduce our mineral levels. So could you just explain what we need to watch out for when it comes to uh, things like that? Well, first of all, antacids actually create more acid. The whole, the whole um, design of antacids is to make you keep buying more antacids. Because as soon as it, get, it, 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 puts this, it helps with the acid, but then the body has to digest the, anti, the antacid, so then it creates more acid, then you have to take another antacid. So it really doesn't do what it's supposed to do. It's much better to take betaine, which is hydrochloric acid, or take an enzyme so that you, don't, so that you can digest the food and get rid of all that extra acid. Um, and ant, it's like antacids are like putting a Band-Aid on something. Get to the root of the problem. Find out why you got the problem so you can get rid of the problem. Don't just keep putting the Band-Aid on because it's not good for you. And aspirin, um, I, um, I don't believe in aspirin. Um, I haven't never ta taken an aspirin since I was a child. I don't take any drugs at all. Um, but they actually, there's, there's non-toxic or herbal aspirins that work a lot better if you have a headache or something. But if you have a pain, it's usually telling you something. You really need to try to address what it's telling you and not just try to get rid of the pain because it's going to keep coming back until it gets too serious to be able to fix it with an aspirin. And they actually, um, all these kinds of drugs leach calcium, magnesium, phosphorus, and potassium out of the body. Now, you're trying to put those back in by drinking your sports drinks, but if you're taking all this stuff, it's going out. So you're like a ground zero. So it's kind of <laughs> silly. You know, you might as well just uh, find, you know, find, the, um, find the alternative rather than going with that. But if you can't, you're going to have to bulk up on, say, the, uh, the Enduro Packs. You know, spray a lot more. Spray it in the water when you're taking that aspirin. So at least you're not going to have the detrimental effect. No, that's, that's good information there and uh, very eye-opening. So, um, well, that's all the interview questions that I had for you. But I just have one more question for you um, from myself. Uh, I am actually now asking all of my guests... Um, to give me one word you would use to describe what you would like to achieve, accomplish, or um, become in 2015. So do you have one word that you would like to use to describe your 2015 or what you hope for? More spiritual. Spiritual? Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Any? Do you want any explanation behind that or just? Um, well, mostly because the, the, it's mind over matter. And if you really have a strong belief system, anything is possible. So I'm working on that because we all have tendencies to, you know, not believe the right things or realize we're doing something wrong and not figure out how to do it right. So I've been really working on that to try to become more spiritual. And spiritual, I don't mean religion. I mean more in, into the tune of, um, you know, out of my physical presence, knowing that there's something else in there that's going to help propel me forward and it's you know and so I'm I'm trying to you know work on that more than anything yep, else. Is. Yep that's no that's a great one and uh, I think we can take that ourselves and um, you know that's all part of listening to your body listening to what it has to say and uh, following your gut feelings so I think we can all learn from that so 
Um, that's all I had for today. So I wanted to thank you, Nina, for uh, being on the Runners Connect podcast. And uh, I will put all the links we talked about today in the show notes. So thank you. Okay. Thanks so much. I had a good time. Thank you. Thank you for choosing to listen to the Runners Connect Run to the Top podcast. It gave us a lot to think about, especially when you think about long term and how the decisions we make now can affect us in the future. You can find all links that we talked about today at runnersconnect.net forward slash RC46. If you like this podcast, I would really appreciate it if you could just take a few minutes to go leave us a review. It's really easy to do. You just go to runnersconnect.net forward slash review. It will take you to a page where you can easily connect up to iTunes to leave us a review. It would mean a lot and really help us rise up the rankings towards our big goal of being the number one running podcast. And you know how important it is to go for goals and we would really appreciate it if you would help us to reach ours. So thank you and have a wonderful week.